America WK with your host, Andrew WK. It's hard enough just to run your own life than to run everyone's life. And I don't think we should look to these leaders or a stereotypical leader to lead our lives. Ideally, they should protect the conditions which allow us to live freely. America WK, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Huh. Just read this on Twitter, like, literally right right now. Uh, Nathaniel said, this is we are chatting about the shooter uh, shooting earlier. He said, when a nation glorifies death enough to hashtag shout your abortion, death will reveal, uh, will revel in its glory with events like the Oregon shooting. I, uh... I think that is true. Retweet. Uh, talking about global warming here, though. Particularly a speech given by uh, Michael Crichton, Caltech, in 2003. Pick up where we left off. We're talking about how this script, this global warming climate change script, has been done before. It's just a game of Mad Libs at this point. Take out the nouns and verbs, switch them up with the new ones. And it was done the uh, exact same way about 40 years ago with nuclear winter. So Michael Crichton cites the uh, National Academy of Sciences. They had a report called The Long-Term Worldwide Effects of Multiple Nuclear Weapon Detonations. It was in 1975. And that study said that the effects would be relatively minor. Then, 1979, another report came out from the Office of Technology Assessment. They said that the effects of nuclear war would be irreversible. be horrible. Everyone would be dead and it would be irreversible. Three years later, 1982, the Swedish Academy of Sciences published The Atmosphere After a Nuclear War, Twilight at Noon. And the argument would be that there'd be so much smoke from a nuclear war that a giant cloud would form over the Northern Hemisphere, and it would reduce so much of the sunlight that photosynthesis would be impossible, and all the plants would die, all of every single plant would die, and then all the animals, of course, would follow. The next year, five more studies came out with the same conclusion. Carl Sagan said that a 5,000 megaton or 5,000 megatons of blast, that's about 300 nuclear bombs, would drop the temperature of the Earth 35 degrees. Now, the Ice Age was about 10 degrees colder than it is right now. So, right, so nuclear, 35 degrees colder. That's a nuclear winter. So we got two things already. We got a scary potential and we got a catchy name. Now it's time for the media tour. So Carl Sagan and Paul Ehrlich published uh, an article in Parade Magazine. Then they had a big conference in D.C. Uh, Sagan was on Johnny Carson Tonight Show 40 times. Ehrlich was on 25 times. Michael Crichton says this is not the way science is done. This is the way products are sold. Now, you remember Paul Yerlich. This is the guy who wrote Population Bomb and uh, making all these crazy claims about how there's too many people and we're going to run out of food and everyone's going to starve to death. He claimed that after a nuclear bomb, nothing would grow. He said no food would grow for 75 years. 
And he was at a, doing a press conference event thing. And someone stood up and said, well, okay, but in Nagasaki, there, were, there was food growing the next year. So you say it's going to take 75 years, but you know, a bomb was dropped on a city and food was growing the, the next year. You know what his response was? He said, quote, what we are doing here is presenting a consensus of a very large group of scientists. Ah, consensus. There it is. The consensus. It's the magic word. You just say consensus and all, any, any challenging claim, any question, <laughs> a genuine, honest question, it's shot down with one word, consensus. And if that's not enough, they call you a skeptic. And then that's, I mean, that's, that shuts everyone up. But again, as we talked about in the last segment, since when did being a skeptic be a bad thing in science? But here we are. There's a consensus about nuclear winter. Same thing today. Now, this is the key point about this segment. After this nuclear winter foolishness started to die down, and it didn't just die down because the, the thought of a nuclear war went down. It's because the science of it started to break down. So as it started to, to deteriorate, all these other respected scientists emerged from their holes. Well, let me quote one of them. This is uh, Freeman Dyson, one of the greatest physicists of our time. He said, as a scientist, I want to rip the theory of nuclear winter apart. But as a human being, I want to believe it. He said, this is one of the rare instances of a genuine conflict between the demands of science and the demands of humanity. As a scientist, I judge the nuclear winter theory to be a sloppy piece of work, full of gaps and unjustified assumptions. As a human being, I hope fervently that it's right. So here's an uncomfortable dilemma. What does a scientist do when science and humanity pull in opposite directions? I'll tell you what you do, professor. You go with the truth. You go with the truth. He said, um, he was asked why he didn't speak up about this. You know, when, when Sagan's on Johnny Carson for the 40th time talking about it. And he said, quote, it is an absolutely atrocious piece of science. But who wants to be accused of being in favor of nuclear war? I suggest the same thing's happening today. Scientists, good scientists out there know, many scientists know, that the global warming science is sloppy at best, fraudulent at worst. But who wants to be in favor of the end of the world as it's being described? Who wants to be in favor of sea levels rising? Who wants to be called a skeptic and put on par with a Holocaust denier? No one. Nuclear winter... Went out of style uh, when Sagan was on Nightline. And he said that the Kuwaiti oil fires would produce a nuclear winter effect and cause a year without summer. That didn't happen. So now that nuclear winter's over, what's the next imaginary hobgoblin? Here we are. Are we going to fall for this again? Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater, show the blaze. Radio Network, spread the word. This is Mike Slater. 
part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network.